1: This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers.
2: Welcome into your Wednesday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Super Bowl, in case you missed it, still happening this week, right before Valentine's Day. Lots to love here, and biggest single sports betting event in the country. Really, I don't even know what it is in the world. It's got to be up there. So we're going to talk about it, of course, in today's show. First, we'll talk Super Bowl with Dan Leach, host of the Detroit City Cast. A little bit of crossover action. Great, great conversation with Dan coming up. And we'll get all of our bets discussed, see where we're at at this stage in the week leading up to the big game. Then, of course, I want to get into some basketball. Basketball has been really good to me lately. I haven't been paying that close of attention. I've been kind of firing off bets. And then I actually went back in and loaded everything into my spreadsheet and, and did all of the legwork on that tonight and pretty good stuff. So I wanna talk about uh, what's been doing well for me. NBA and college, Lakers, Clippers, UCLA, and USC. Some of these teams won, some of them did not. But first things first, we'll always check out the Los Angeles lines available at BetRivers Sportsbook. So starting with the Super Bowl on February 13th, Sunday, Bengals versus Rams. Now this number has been tick-talking all around. It opened around three and a half, I believe. I think at BetRivers it started at four, but I could be wrong about that. Um, up from three and a half opening to four in most spots, up to four and a half, back down to four, and now back up to four and a half at Bet Rivers. So hovering around that four, four and a half number at most places. And the total still sitting at 48 and a half, opened at 49 and a half, down to this 48 and a half, and sticking at 48 and a half. Everybody I talk to of my colleagues is very torn on this Uh And not torn in a way where they can't decide, but torn in a way where it feels like 50% of them think that this is going to be an overfest. And 50% of them think we're going to see some solid defense and an under. I lean to the under, but I think Dan Leach, who's coming on in a minute, leans to the over. So we'll get his take on that as well. So lots to break down there. And then, of course, we don't want to drown you with too much Super Bowl content. So we'll get into the basketball NBA Wednesday, the Lakers Wednesday, Wednesday Lakers at Blazers. These teams on back to back, so we'll talk about that. The Lakers are seven and a half point favorites in this one, and the Blazers are, of course, Norman Powellist since they sent him to the Clippers. The Clippers play on Thursday. Clippers at Mavs. Right now, Clippers are forty to one to win the championship, and the Lakers are eighteen to one. Both teams sitting below five hundred. Keep in mind. As for NCAA basketball, men's basketball, UCLA seventeen to one to win the title, USC fifty to one, and these two teams top will now twenty one because I believe USC is twenty one. Top twenty teams ish facing off on Saturday at the Galen Center, so USC home court here, and I'm not going to dive into that too much today. I'm actually, going to have David Woods from Bruin Report Online join us on. Friday show to get a little preview of that game. i um, really interested to hear his thoughts. So that'll be exciting to have him on. Always a great guest. So don't miss that one on Friday, uh, but lots to look forward to. And we can still talk about where UCLA and USC are at leading up to this. You can find all these odds and more at bet river Sportsbook. Now let's talk about the super bowl. Here is my conversation with Dan Leach, host of the Detroit city cast. Find him on Twitter at Dan nine seven one.
0: We talked about this earlier this year. Remember, I, I, I just want some kind of praise here because I, I know that there was a possibility that this could happen. But I'm not saying you and others didn't believe it could, but very few did. And now a guy that was in Detroit his entire career has left Detroit and in his first season, after being 0-3 in the playoffs in Detroit, is 3-0 and playing in the Super Bowl in his own stadium. Yeah, what is the what is the feeling like there in Los Angeles?
2: First of all, what does that say about your Lions team? Let's, let's start Yeah, don't there. even start.
0: Well, no, listen, I'm glad you said that because I've been obviously talking about this a lot on, on the Detroit City cast yeah. and in general for, for way too long. I've always said, and I, there, there's a bunch of media in Detroit that would hate on Stafford, and I was definitely in the minority that really thought that he was... Well, there was, I think that a lot of the football smart people knew it wasn't his fault, but I said it over and over again that, yes, as yes, he had bad games, as he made bad throws, as he made bad decisions, of course, all quarterbacks do, even Tom Brady sometimes, but that it, he was the least of the problems, And you look at the Lions, and I've I've always wanted to say it wasn't ownership and they just put the wrong people in in, in place. The Lions are the problem here because they just have not had the right people build the right kind of teams around him. And he goes one year to L.A. and then look what he's doing.
2: I know and i mean a great supporting cast obviously as well which is right. why it's actually hard to look at really the super bowl mvp betting market really because i looked at this that's actually the only bet i've made for this game so far uh, was that i bet matt stafford to win which is so boring but i bet him to win mvp because i liked that better than betting the rams money line so i thought hey sure. if they win stafford plus 130 a little bit better than getting what i mean minus 180 or upwards now for the rams money line so that's the one bet i've made so far Um, But even that is tough because you have Cooper Cup sitting at six to one. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's on there. Aaron Donald's on there. And those are people that should be getting nods as well because they're making Stafford's job so much easier. But as far as how it feels in Los Angeles, I mean, it's funny because this is not a football city. It just isn't. Now, no shade to people who are football fans, but we can all agree that that's just not what Los Angeles is set up to do. So this is very interesting. It's a very fun uh, time because we have events in Los Angeles all the time, but we don't always have the Super Bowl here and this this Super Bowl <laughs> is pretty interesting, too Because celebrities always go to the Super Bowl, but this is gonna be very much a like, let's see Hollywood star-studded kind of thing I feel like and so um, it's really interesting because I think that All of a sudden we're pretending to be a football city for a weekend, which you know, it's fun to play dress-up sometimes
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of uh, telling that two of the last what was it five weeks there were more Niners fans in SoFi than there were. I mean Stafford had to go to a silent count at home. They were Listen, calling Levi
2: South. They were calling. Yeah, it I can't. Levi's I, can't
0: South. I can't say much because I've been in Detroit most much of my life, and you know we always had big lines, crowds at Ford Field, but the Lions never did it. Having more opposing fans for obviously a big regular season end of the regular season game, but then a playoff game. I, that was, that's, that's crazy. What do, do people get mad about that in LA? Like, are they like, Whoa. I know you mentioned it. Like it's kind of a fair weather town at, at times and it's, yeah. you know, celebrity later the ground. Were people like upset about that other than Kelly Stafford?
2: I don't know. Here's the problem too with LA is everybody's a transplant for the most part. So a lot of people aren't born and bred in LA. I think actually the predominant number of real true diehard Rams fans are people who actually grew up in LA, which is funny because they obviously didn't grow up with the Rams being here. Uh, But I think that those true LA city people who are from here are the people that you're going to get there are those actual fans because they've been dying for a football team and all of a sudden they got two. Um, but it is, I think that's, what's kind of the struggle too, is we have so many transplants here in LA. So everybody's got a different team that they're cheering for necessarily. And I also think, don't you, doesn't it kind of feel in general right now that everybody wants to cheer for the Bengals because they're the underdog?
0: Yeah, it does. It does. Because I mean, not that they, I, I think there's a lot of people that like the Stafford story. People here in Detroit, I mean, yeah. unless they're idiots are going to be cheering for Stafford. I've said that a lot where if you're, if you're a real Lions fan, uh, you know, a true Lions fan, why would you not be happy for Stafford? It's like yeah. when Justin Verlander left. Detroit to go to the Astros. He's been there for basically a decade doing everything he possibly could to help us get a World Series. And Stafford did the same thing. So, I mean, there's people definitely will be behind the Rams in that way. But the, the underdog seems to always be the play in the Super Bowl. Like the Giants were against the Patriots. And I mean, it just seems like that's kind of what it's, it's been for a long time now.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. But that's why it's kind of tough too when I look at the spread. I mean, four is a terrible number. I didn't like the three and a, a is- half. Four is ugly. It's gotten up to four and a half. And I feel like it's a Super Bowl. And for some reason, I mean, we have this statistic of ATS for underdogs in the Super Bowl. Now, granted, they were not the kind of underdogs that the Bengals are. I don't think anybody expected the Bengals to be here. Nobody had Bengals-Rams as their Super Bowl uh, final, I don't think. but
0: Two four seeds.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah. And so... That said, yes, underdogs tend to cover a little bit more often in the Super Bowl, but those are different underdogs to me than this Bengals team. That said, Joe Burrow, I don't know what to do with him. He's such a a little asterisk in this game for me where I'm like, how do I handicap the Joe Burrow effect?
0: Well, listen, I lo- first off, not to toot my own horn, I'm 11-2 and two against the spread in the playoffs, so hopefully you've been following my show. Uh, and I, I'm on the Rams money line, but I'll, we'll get to that in a second. And yeah. I, I'm with you. The, the, the spread is weird. It's 4.5 right now up at Bent Rivers. It's been going to 4, 4.5. I mean, it's, it's a weird, you know, 3 is the magic number. 4, 4.5 is not. That being said, Joe Burrow, who I absolutely love, yeah. and, I, and I'm obviously in proximity to Cincinnati, so we got some Cincinnati Bengals fans here. I got some that, you know, are close to my circle. He has been an unbelievable. It's his second year. He'll have a devastating injury in his rookie year. Has gotten this team. What, they've won seven straight games as an underdog. they won seven you know, straight up in a row. And it's just, it's tough to go against him. But when you look at that offensive line, when you look at Stafford and, and the weapons he has and the defense, the Rams they have. The Bengals defense has obviously gotten them there too, but it's not as good as Los Angeles is. I just think that in the end, and it's we, we know the numbers on, first-time starters at quarterback in the Super Bowl. Right. But it just happens to be this time you got two first-time starters, but one's been in the league for 13 years, and one's been in the league for two years. Now Burroughs smokes a lot of cigars when he wins high school titles and college titles, and he wants to smoke another one. And I I think the future is so bright for this kid. But to me, and you're in L.A., so you know this, it just seems like all the signs are pointing – so not just the Rams winning this, but Stafford, after all that he's been through in his career and all the different things he went through here in Detroit, and people doubting him and the whole Stat Patford crowd. I mean, that's still the way that a lot of Detroit fans feel. They don't want to give him any credit. I just think that the Rams are winning this game and they've they've got the better team, they've got the better defense. And yes, they're they're playing it at SoFi, which doesn't really matter. But that that could mean something. It could.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're practicing at home this week. The Bengals are actually practicing at the UCLA's field and they're staying at the Luskin center there. So they have all their uh, Bengals stuff up at UCLA now, which is kind of weird too, because UCLA fans are like, wait a minute. Are we not cheering for the Rams? We have, we're hosting. <laughs> yeah, the Bengals? What are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, but it was pretty funny actually. Cause someone said, if the Bengals end up winning this, then champions made here is just another notch in the belt for UCLA. So. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time since some champions were made at UCLA. No offense.
2: Okay. Well uh, no, but Joe Burrow, <laughs> I'm going to just slide right past that uh, Joe Burrow though. Incredible, And that's what makes it so tough for me to even consider a spread bet for this one. I mean, he's covered six in a row. Uh, he's actually 12 and four ATS like versus above 500 opponents, which technically makes him the most profitable quarterback in the NFL since he was drafted. Um, and I mean, it's just really cool if you look at the storyline for him as well. I mean, I think the Matt Stafford one is just a lot more poignant and you have to think about these storylines, especially as it pertains to like an MVP bet, right? Because people are going to consider all of these angles. Um, but Joe Burrow would become the first quarterback to win the Heisman, a national championship and a Super Bowl ring. And he's doing it his first two years in the league. This is the dream. This is why people tank. They want this quarterback who can turn their franchise around. So um, he's incredible. It's really tough for me to want to bet against him. Um, so that's why, yeah, I like Rams money line, but it was too rich for me. So then I'm like, okay, let's go with the Stafford storyline. Let's go Stafford MVP here. As far as the passing props though, for me, I was looking at over for Joey B. What do you think? Because I think that they could be playing from behind. Um, and obviously that's going to be his bread and butter. So what do you think about Joe Burrow's passing props? I think 277
0: well, is what I was seeing it around. I'm glad you bring that up because they got it. They actually have a boost at Bent Rivers on this. Ooh. And I was thinking I, I just had talked about this before we we started uh, talking you and I, and it's Joe Burrow to have more passing yards than Stafford. It was minus 110. Now it's plus 110. And I, I came up with that same kind of reasoning. Yeah. They'll be behind, but it, I, I, I I talked myself out of it. And I think even if they're behind, I still think Stafford has. Close to a 300 yard game, mm. and I mean I like that boost there. That, that you're saving the $20 there, but I think that's the the reasoning you would use you would use to to want to make that bet. But even if they are behind, it doesn't mean he's gonna get, be able to throw the ball a lot. Yeah, I mean, if, if, with that the Rams defense on his heels. Let's say the the you know the Rams are up 24 to 10 or you know 21 to, to you know seven or something like that. Burrow might start throwing the ball over the place. But he might start throwing the ball to the other team. <laughs> so I'm. I, I know, I, mean, I know, it makes sense where you think like that's all Matt Stafford thing, the little stat pad for thing I said. That a lot of times in the past, you know, people would say, "Oh, Stafford only gets his yards when the when the lines are down, and they're all garbage yards." That's true in some ways. Where if the, the lines, I mean, it's not Stafford's fault that the lines were down; the defense was terrible. Mm-hmm. But Joe Burrow still has to make the throws, and if the Rams' defense is as good as I think they're going to be, it might not matter. I still have Stafford finishing with more passing yards. But that's that's an interesting uh, boosted bet though that that Matt Rivers is offering right now.
2: Well, so let me ask you, because I want to ask you about another one of the Bet Rivers boosted bets, actually, that's like a long shot. It's more fun to play. But first, I want I to think know I'm love this one. Yes. But first, I want to know, do you think we're going to see a high scoring or a low scoring game? Because people are pretty split on this. I am on the I'm of the mindset that this needs to be a lower scoring game. So I I would rather look at the under here. What do you think we're going to see?
0: We'll see. And that's a great point. You, you know, if you're a Rams backer, you probably want this to be a lower scoring game. And mm-hmm. I've kind of. Really gone back and forth on this. And in my first, I always try to, I mean, Daniel, you know how it is. Like, you, you look into something and you, you want to go with your first instinct a lot of times because mostly that's the smart way to do it. My first inclination when this line came out, I was in Vegas when it happened. I was watching the Niners fans cry their themselves to sleep and me counted some big parlay wins for myself and go to the window. Uh, and I thought the over was the play here. And I think if you, you know, if you really, obviously you're a big Rams fan, you'd like this game to be a 25, 24, 14 type game, or, yeah. you know, a, a 27, uh, 20 type game. And that means it's going under, but I, something tells me there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. So I yeah. lean on the over. I still think the Rams can win a game. It's high scoring. Mm-hmm. And listen, the Rams could score in the thirties and the Bengals could score in the twenties and you're, you're, you're easily over that 48 and a half. So I actually, I, I think it is going to be a higher scoring game. And I think I know what prop you're going to bring up. So let's see if I'm right.
2: Mixon, Chase, yep. Cup, yep. and OBJ to yep. all score touchdowns. It was nineteen to one. They boosted it to twenty-five to one. If there was four players I wanted to bet to score touchdowns, those are the four I
0: want. Yeah, Danielle. The second this came out, yep. and I talked about it on my show. I said, "Listen, it is going to be very tough to get all four of them to score a touchdown. Right. But that's why you're getting twenty-five to one. Yes, it's a fun so, one. I already have made a play on this. I already made a full unit play on this. If I lose. Who cares? Right. But I think that I'll tell you this. I think Chase and Cup are definitely scoring. Yeah. Backup Jr. and Mixon are the ones that you don't know. I mean, Mixon could be down towards the goal line in a Bengals drive, and they, you know, they end up throwing the ball on the one yard line or Burrow runs it himself. But I think that to get 25 to 1, not only were you getting 19 to 1, which seemed like it was probably about right. Yeah. Now you're getting 25 to 1. And I do believe that this is gonna be a higher scoring game. So I think there's a real chance. I mean, Cup might have two or three touchdowns, which could screw this thing up. But I, I love it. I love it. As soon as I saw that prop, I was like, sign me up. And I knew that Danielle might like it too.
2: Yeah. This was the first one that jumped out to me when I saw the boosted ones. And when you bring up Cup 2, I never bet first touchdown because how do you even handicap that? I need to know the right, coin flip. Impossible. so many things. But uh, I would love to do it for the Super Bowl just for fun to have that. In, and like the Cup one, I mean, Cup's the shortest odds, I think, at most places. But I would love to look at like a Cup first touchdown kind of situation. Or well, at least I
0: got any. another one for you. Yeah. Uh, this is another one of those boosts. And this, I actually talked about this a little while ago. Yeah. Cup to score a touchdown in each, each half is five to one now. It was four to one. Now it's five to one. I like that. I, I like that better than a first touchdown because if he's going to score two, one. is it going to five to one? Is he, if he's going to score two touchdowns, what are the chances they both come in one half? So I think that that's that. Uh, the first, like you mentioned, it's so, it's, it's so tough to handicap a first touchdown. Probably I've taken them many times. I've lost them many times. <laughs> I've won a few here and there. But I think that that, to me, shows you a little more value because, you know, let's say he has an opening drive touchdown or a first quarter touchdown, right. and maybe one late in the game. That 5-1, to one is, I think it's pretty solid. I like that one a lot.
2: That's way better value. I like that way better than something like that. But also, I mean, Cup to play, record the longest reception, I think I'm seeing at 2-1. to one. Like, who, what, Jamar? Yep. Are we worried about Jamar? Like, I think it's Cup.
0: I think it's Cup, too. I mean, Chase could definitely do it, but I think Cup, I think this is going to be a huge game for OBJ can
2: sneakily Cooper. get in there, right? OBJ's at plus 750 on that.
0: Yeah, I don't like that. Now, well, listen, he's, he's, you've seen him do this before, but I think this is going to be—I don't want to say traditional, but I think that God, uh, you don't overthink it with yeah. Cooper Cup. He's the best out there. Stafford loves they him. They know it. They're and not going to get rhythm. too cute. I, I love that as well. Yeah. By the way, I, on your—you know—you look at the Super Bowl props and you mentioned MVP stuff. It's always usually the quarterbacks. We know that. Yeah. But the, the most—the most money is on Stafford at plus one thirty twenty one point eight percent of the money. Burrow's got the second most, and then I'll tell you, who I like as a just kind of a side wager for fun. Yeah. Uh, is Aaron Donald at 15-1. I don't think Aaron Donald's going to win MVP, but I think that if it's not Stafford or Joe Burrow, and I think if the Rams win, it's going to be Stafford. I guess it could be Cooper Cup, But if the Rams' defense plays the way I think they're going to and causes Burrow to turn the ball over, throw picks, fumbles, all that kind of stuff, and Aaron Donald, of course the leader of that defense who wants this worse than anything, is a big factor in that, I mean, could, could he win MVP? Absolutely. Let's say Stafford just has... You know, a 240 or 230 yard passing day, a couple touchdowns. There's some more cut touches on the ground. But D- Donald has been such a factor in sack fumbles and, and, you know, tackles for loss. I think Donald would have a chance at 15 to 1. He's the third most bet at 18%. What do you think about Aaron Donald at, at 15 to 1?
2: I don't hate it, but if I'm going for a long shot and we think there's going to be turnovers, Ramsey, 66 to 1. Sure. Yeah. That's like even, it's even longer. Um, so that's getting a little bit wild, but yeah, maybe Ramsey makes a critical interception and that's entirely possible in this game script for me. Then yeah, 66
0: to one worth a bite. I'll give you one more. And it's, I, I think we both are on the same side. We both think the Rams are going to win, but there's there is a guy out there that has yet to miss a field goal in the history of his career in the playoffs. <laughs> and if it comes down to it, like it did against the chiefs, it's it possible. Evan McPherson's 50 to one. I mean, yeah. he is the, he's the only the seventh most bet on but fifty to one for a guy that's never missed a kick. He could be the modern day Adam Vinatieri. Who knows?
2: I can't even believe the the hutzpah this guy has. Really, if you look at the first I off
0: the fact you use the word chutzpah, you're a member of my tribe again. I mean, you're you're, you're after my own heart with the that. The
2: hutzpah. It's it's the it's the neighborhood I live in. I swear. But yeah, the hutzpah of this guy. Like, I would die if I went up to to my guy and was like, "We're definitely we're going to the next game." Before I made the kick, I I would just, <laughs> I would simply just bury myself Dude, the the
0: if i missed it gotta love the moxie the balls on that guy but he's never missed he's never missed and yeah that's I don't a cool that, like,
2: saying because he made it but if you say that and then you miss it I, yeah deceased i would be dead
0: well that's like the you know uh the lomas well, i mean you might not remember this because it was uh before but kind of both of our ties but lomas brown years ago played for the lions and guaranteed a victory in the playoffs Oh, yeah. In Philadelphia, the Lions lost like 55 to 27. So you, 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 it's not like a guarantee. It's like Rasheed Wallace when he guaranteed the win for the Pistons. It, you can't guarantee something gonna be wrong.
2: Yeah, it sounds sick after the fact. It's just like, what was the Andy Reid quote to Patrick Mahomes the other week? He said, when things are grim, be the Grim Reaper or something. I'm like, yeah, that's a <laughs> savage thing to say if you win, Andy.
0: If you don't. If yeah. you win, Mr. Reid, if you win. Uh, so I wanted to get back to this for a second. You know the the you mentioned that L.A. is not really a football town. I get that, but it is it is a celebrity town. Yeah. And there's no bigger event in the world, sporting wise, except for maybe the the World Cup or the UEFA Championship. that's a celebrity event. Uh, and I don't think many of our listeners are into soccer like I am. But what is what are you starting to feel out there? Like you're you're not too far away from uh, I forgot where you're at. Like you're not too far away from downtown, are you?
2: No, I'm I'm. Pretty close. I'm pretty close to UCLA, but uh, I did used to live over by there. Actually, funnily enough, and my person that I lived with before, he owns his place, and uh, his property has just gone up in value so, so much because they put SoFi in there. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really, really crazy over there right now. I know that for a fact, but um, it's kind of funny too. Cause it's in Inglewood, right? Like it's not in this ritzy part of Los Angeles. No. Of people forget that. Like, it's funny too. Whenever you see any game that's broadcast in pretty much any city, but especially Los Angeles, like you'll see like an SC game and they'll show Santa Monica. And it's like, that's not right. anywhere close to it. So it is kind of funny because this, this game's happening in Inglewood.
0: And that's where the forum was, you know, yeah. the, the LA forum, right? That's yeah. where the Lakers played for years. And it's not like I've been there. It's not the greatest of areas. It's not like the Ritzy, as you mentioned, Santa Monica or, you know, long, like all the different cool beaches and stuff like that. But I, I, I mean, I don't know if you've had a chance to, to go to Super Bowls in the past. I've luckily been able to cover about six of them. It, it is it is pretty special. And I'm sure that there's in in L.A., there's got to be the most ridiculous events lining up. So do you have any big, you know, club dates lined up? Are you going to go walk around with some balloons? And what's going on with the the Super Bowl plans?
2: Uh, I will be inside. I have to watch this game alone. I absolutely have to watch this game alone. I I, I can't be around other people, especially when there's betting on the line. There's too many things I'm going to be monitoring. So for me, I'm going to be at home.
0: All right. So before we get out of here, official selection, I'll, I'll start with you.
2: I got Stafford plus 130 right now. That's pretty much it for MVP uh, because I think the Rams are gonna win this. I think I might end up, I, I don't know. I wanted to play an under here, but like you said, like when I look at this, the Rams defense being as strong as it is, I don't think the Bengals defense is as strong and I think we have two prolific passers. So really I have two ways that the offenses can score here at least. Um, so then maybe we are looking at like an over situation. it is a Super Bowl. So if you believe that, you know, this is like Netflix and it's all scripted, then the script is better if this is a high scoring
0: game it's it's amazing to I me mean, everyone thinks that this everything's <laughs> scripted Netflix Netflix and Super Bowl chill like For me, I, I got yeah, a yeah big play on the Rams money line I'm gonna also uh, tease the Rams uh down to you know plus two plus uh, one and a half depending on where the line's at and uh and the over uh forty eight and a half so that'll be down to forty two and a half so I like the over there and I, I like that the the uh, the prop we talked about yeah Nixon Chase Cupp and Beckham Jr. all to score twenty five to one. give me that Danielle, it's always a pleasure and an honor. it's always great times. Uh, with you. Let's I look forward to doing this again, maybe after Stafford wins the Super Bowl.
2: Yes, we hope so. Thanks so much, Dan. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks again to Dan Leach, host of the Detroit City Cast, also sponsored by Bet Rivers for coming on and talking All Things Super Bowl with me. Coming up, basketball, as far as the eye can see. Lakers, Clippers, UCLA and USC. In fact, UCLA and USC have a game coming up on Saturday. Let's check in with them next on the Los Angeles City Cast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook.
1: Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at BetRivers Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to BetRivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the BetRivers mobile app or go to BetRivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where BetRivers is licensed and in New Jersey at PlaySugarHouse.
2: Welcome back into the Los Angeles Citycast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm your host Danielle Alvari. Let's start with the NBA in LA section here. So Bucks Lakers happened on Tuesday night. Bucks were 4.0 point favorites and that's it, which is surprising to me. And I'm not just saying this because we have the after the fact, which the final score 131 to 116. That goes over the total for this one was 234 and a half. Bucks win, they cover, and yes, the overhits. Now the Lakers have lost five of seven. They're three games below 500. They haven't actually won back-to-back games since January 7th, if you can believe that. Uh, I don't think that's actually unbelievable at all based on how things have been going for them. Meanwhile, the Bucks, we know they're second in the East in scoring. We saw that on display. Uh, they produce 112.7 points per contest, and they're shooting around 45, almost 46%. They shot 54.2% versus the Lakers, 41% from three, and that was just the total game. You should have seen how they looked in the first half. The Lakers, by the way, as far as shooting, 51.8%, uh, but only 31% from three. They're missing Carmelo out there. He did not play in this game. He's been day-to-day, uh, and you could see that. And That's too bad because that's kind of an area that the Bucks uh, have – you know, the Lakers could have exploited, rather, that the Bucks kind of have a weakness in. LeBron James, still doing his thing, 27 points. Anthony Davis, 22 points. Always plays better with LeBron in. Sorry, that's just how it is. Also, nine rebounds for Anthony Davis. Malik Monk chipped in here, 20 points. Stanley Johnson had his season high, 16. Uh, but Russell Westbrook just still struggling. 10 points on three of 11 shooting, 10 assists, four turnovers. Two of them were within 12 seconds, I believe. He was actually taken out with two and a half minutes left in the third quarter. He didn't play in the fourth uh, when the Lakers tried to mount a comeback. And I think he was understandably felt probably disrespected in that regard. He said that he thought he had earned the right to finish a game, but that he respected Vogel's decision. I have to say I do as well. It's just it's really tough because when he's playing like this, what do you what do you do with this? And they played so they paid so much to get him here and. It just really has not panned out. It's really, really just struggle Russ, if you will. <laughs> I'm really pleased with that. Anyways, the Lakers, uh, man, they did their best. They're a really strong fourth quarter team. And the reason that, obviously, is that their transition offense, just one of the best in the league, they're actually ranked fourth in frequency and 10th in points per 100 possessions added through transition offense. So that's why they're kind of able to come back in these late games. And that's why they're such a great team to bet on live if you have LeBron in there. Um, and are not playing, you know, the Bucks, like one of the best, one of the top five teams. Um, they just cannot get away with playing horrible defense in the first half of games and then expect to catch up. Because first of all, that puts a ton of stress on LeBron James. Like he's not already having this swollen knee and just tons and tons of minutes and just insane offensive output. But also just having to, yeah, always play catch up is just not going to work for them, especially against top 10 opponents, like I said, versus the Bucks or the Suns, etc. cetera. Um, Bucks hit 70% of their shots until late in the first half. So you cannot come out and play a horrible half of defense and then try to play catch up. It's not going to work, even with this great transition offense they have going on. And Great was really generous with myself there, I think. Lakers now at the Trailblazers on Wednesday... Seven-and-a-half-point favorites, the Blazers, the poor, poor Blazers, poor Dame Lillard, poor just – this team elicits so much pity from me, and I'm trying to think of a team in the NBA right now that gets more pity from me than the Blazers, and I am at a loss. Just tons of injuries, uh, including Dame Lillard, and obviously just traded away a couple players. Um, I guess I've heard me talk about this extensively. Norman Powell to the Clippers, former UCLA Bruin. San Diego native, um, but a, sc- a huge score for them. And so it's no surprise. A lot of these Blazers games just at their state of their team right now, completely depleted. These have gone under because the Blazers, if anything they have going for them, it's offense. It's definitely not defense. They are the worst in just about every category it feels um, and not getting any better this season. So in theory, this is a get right spot, maybe for the Lakers seven and a half, not a number. I love a little too high. Can the Lakers cover this? Absolutely. Should they? Yes. Uh, but, Also don't know the status of like, is Carmelo going to play? He's day to day. He didn't play last night. So I don't expect him to play here. Are LeBron and AD both playing? Those are all things I want answers to before I make this bet. But I, again, I love playing this Lakers team live. I like to get a feel for how they're actually looking out there. Um, So if I could get even like this live at like, I say as low as minus five on the Lakers, I would love, but I'm going to be greedy. You know, I'm going to try to get the best number I can get. Um, I don't see the Blazers coming out and getting... I I think the Lakers are going to just... They should be able to just roll over this team. Um, They just played them recently, too, and didn't have too many issues. So, seven and a half. you took it, I wouldn't kill you for it. I think that's the side you would want to be on, but it's kind of a big number, so... Like I said, in-game for me, something a little bit better. Interested to see what the total ends up being for this game. I don't see one on Bat Rivers just yet right now as time of recording, but I would love to play an under on this game, depending on that number, because both teams are on a back-to-back. Both teams are injury-riddled. And yes, LeBron James is playing, et cetera, et cetera, but these teams are running ragged right now. So not sure what this total is going to end up being. Both these teams, you would look at their offenses and especially the lack of defense the Lakers have been playing lately and maybe think that we're going to see – a higher scoring like a higher total than you would think uh like I said the blazers last uh of their last six games four were unders so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another one um, basically is what I'm saying so, Depending on what this number ends up being, I'll tweet it out, guys. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, at Daniel Alvari. And if you want to follow our real NBA expert here uh, for VEASAN, uh, at me, JVT, Jonathan Toble He is our NBA senior analyst at VEASAN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network, um, who I actually work for. I don't know if everybody knows that because they're listening to the podcast and it's always sponsored by Bat Rivers, And we love Bat Rivers. but um, yeah, VEASAN. Who knew? So, yeah, you can follow me. You can follow at me, JVT, and lots of great basketball info coming from him. But getting back to this here, I like the over the best as a play here and maybe an in-game on the Lakers, depending on what happens. Listen, if the Lakers fall behind at any point, slam it. Slam the Lakers. If the Blazers somehow do some kind of trickery here, get on that line. Um, Blazers are six straight games now of not covering the spread. They're 21 and 33 straight up. They are an absolute dumpster fire. It's too bad. It's sad. Let's move on. The Clippers, however, uh, four straight overs on the other side of things here. They've had this incredible offensive surge in their last, I don't know, dozen games now. Uh, Actually, in the 11 games leading up to their game versus the Grizzlies on Tuesday, which they did lose. They lost 135-109. to Grizzlies won easily and covered. This was a huge mismatch of a game for the Clippers, so it makes sense that this was Kind of an easy cover for the Grizzlies. Um, over hits for this game. There was a little stretch in here, if you guys remember, not too recent, too long ago, where I was all about the Clippers unders. Their defense was playing great. Well, now their offense has stepped up. Unfortunately, the defense has slipped a little bit during this offensive increase. So, no shock that we're seeing overs here. In the eleven games leading up, they were averaging 115.6 points per 100 possessions. They'd been hitting about 40% of their threes and 42.4% of their corner threes, which was a big increase for them. And that was just, again, in the last 12 games or so. But again, defense slipping up a little bit too, giving up 115.6 points per 100 possession over those 11 games. That's way, way up for them. So that's why we're seeing in the last 12 games, 9-2-1 and one to the over. So with that in mind, next up, Clippers at Mavs on Thursday. Uh take the Mavs. I don't know what the number's going to be here. Um And I like seeing them work in the new guys that they brought in and stuff like that with the Clippers. I like seeing this offensive output up. Um, But I think that... I think that they're just not, not going to be able to handle this Mavs team. That's, you know, of course, not knowing the number off the top here. But also, we talked about the total here. We talked about overs. Maybe there's something to be said for playing an over on this team again because they've just been... Really, really impressive offensively. I, I think that this shooting will run out, though, is something to keep in mind. I think that this is more about shots falling for them than necessarily them creating more offense, if that makes sense. So that's why I would be a little bit, little bit sketch to try to try to look at it over because the books are also gonna catch up to this at some point, right? Um, they're pretty good at this whole thing. So uh, I like the Lakers over more than the Clippers over, but we'll have to see where this looks like uh, on Thursday. As for college basketball, UCLA played Stanford at Stanford on Tuesday, and they were a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. They won. They covered the over hit. The total was 133-and-a-half. Final score, 79-70 to 70, UCLA. So UCLA coming off that rough road sweep in Arizona, first by the Wildcats, then a triple overtime loss to ASU. Yes, six-win ASU. I guess that's seven now. Stanford, meanwhile, good team in some regards, but very mid. Very mid for the Pac-12 overall. But they did sweep USC this season, so that is just the most Pac-12 thing you could say. In this game, though, UCLA bounces back. Offense looks a lot better, a lot smoother. Johnny Juzang, 23 points. Jaime Hawkins Jr. had 16. Tiger Campbell had 12 points and 7 assists. Um, I'd love to see Tiger get that 3 action that he had going at the start of the season so well back. It's not been terrible, but just he was so hot at the start of the season. You'd like to see if he'd get that going again. It's tough because I think UCLA didn't have trouble against Stanford the last time they played. So again, just kind of a shake the cobwebs off, get back on track game after those Arizona losses. Uh, Mick Cronin talked about this post game. He said that offensively that was the best they'd played in a while. Uh, He said that they hadn't been shooting the ball from three the way that they were able to, which is true for this UCLA team pretty consistently. Throughout this season, that's just not been their bread and butter is a three-pointer, which is a problem to me. It's, it's, it's a big problem. Um, but they need to figure out a way to not just expect Johnny to do it all and get all these isos. There's got to be a way to move the ball around and get him some looks that are a little bit more open, right? Uh, But they did do that tonight a little bit. They passed the ball better um, and they, you know, kind of ran the floor. They got some good transition points, actually, frankly. So that was good to see them kind of push that. Jalen Clark was back as well for UCLA. He'd been out with a concussion. He got in practice. I think he missed three, maybe four games. Uh, He missed Stanford, Cal. He missed Arizona, I believe. So maybe four games he was out. So when he came back, um, Cronin said that he was tired. He was asked him to take him out a few times, which I think that's very cute for some reason. (laughs) It's it's very, like, honest and vulnerable of him to be like, Coach, I'm freaking winded. Take me out. Uh, But Cronin mentioned that it was really helpful to have him there just to kind of get him in the rotation still um, because he brings so much to the table for them. Um, And I like what he said here, things that don't show up in the stat sheet, they only show up in the win loss column. So that is summing up Jalen Clark for UCLA. And that's why he has been missed. Um, Even though maybe you don't see it on the stat sheet, you do see it in the win loss. And I do wonder how big of an impact he would have had in those Arizona games. Too much of a, too much for reach. We'll see USC on the other side uh, played at UOP university of the Pacific, which like, what is going on with these schedules? I can't, you guys. UCLA also just rescheduled ASU, a game that they had missed with them when they had that COVID outbreak. I believe that started January. I think it is now rescheduled for February 21st, which is two days before my birthday. In case you have the calendar in front of you and want to mark that down. Anyways, uh, lots of lots of schedule switches and all over the place, and that's just a lot of games for them in that week, I believe. USC at UOP. USC was a 19 and a half point favorite. Total was 134 and a half. Final score, 74-68. USC wins by six. Sorry, fast back there, guys. USC wins by six, but does not cover, obviously, as a 20-point favorite. The over hits in this game. That tells me everything I need to know about where this USC team is at, except for asterisk. Important to remember, they were without Isaiah Mobley. He leads the team in scoring, rebounding, and assists. He's got a lot on his back here. He's almost the LeBron of his team, if you will. Um, He had a non-displaced nose fracture, so no game for him. But Boogie Ellis stepped up. He scored 13 points, and he needed to because the Trojans had to come back from a 13-point deficit in the first half. So, um, or 13-point second-half deficit, excuse me. Defensively, first half, let down. Uh, I think they wanted to kind of speed the tempo up using press, but they weren't making shots. So it didn't really work for them. So instead in the second half, they kind of switched to the zone that protected more of the three pointers. It worked out for them a lot better, but you will be out. Rebounded them 39 to 28, which is weird. Cause obviously SC had more blocks and that's, you know, they have size, they have length. So how are you getting out rebounded 39 to 28 and getting out rebounded on offensive and defensive rebounds. Frankly, too many turnovers from SC still need to clean that up. I've been saying that since the start of the season, Uh, But their free throw shooting, I'm going to end on a positive, wasn't abysmal. It was not abysmal, okay? It was completely acceptable for tonight, I guess. Uh, But I really shouldn't talk too much... Uh, smack Because we have a big rivalry game, the first of the season for UCLA and USC coming up on Saturday, number 21 Trojans host the Crosstown rival, number 12 UCLA, Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific time on ESPN, actually, is what they've told us, thank goodness, because none of us have Pac-12 network, I and I wish I did, guys, I wish it was easier, but they just... They just don't want us to watch it. I don't know. So thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. Remember, new shows three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'll be back for more fun and games on Friday. David Woods, like I said, from Bruin Report Online, will join the show to talk UCLA at USC basketball. That game going on on Saturday, as just mentioned, and of course we'll have some more Super Bowl discussion. The last show before the Super Bowl, I'm going to be on VSIN on and off all day on Sunday as well. Uh, during the Super Bowl day, I'll be on 6:30 in the morning, I think, on VSIN. I don't know what show that is, but I've agreed to it. And I'll also be doing the Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg, which is at like 11:30 at night. So you'll catch me in the morning, catch me at night, or catch me at, not at all. Just catch me right here on the Los Angeles City Cast. So I'll be back. Hopefully, you will be too.